Welcome to Crop Watch Podcast, a production of Nebraska Extension. Welcome to the Crop Watch Podcast. I am your host, Melissa Bartles, a cropping systems educator with Nebraska Extension. And today I will be joined by Dr. Tamara Jackson Zims, and we'll be talking about seed treatments to help control diseases in your field. Thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us more about your role in Extension? I'm an Extension plant pathologist, and I've been here 16 years, and I have statewide responsibility for helping people with diseases of corn and grain sorghum. And during the last three years, on an interim basis, I've been covering diseases of soybean as well until we get uh, Lauren Giesler's old position refilled with a new soybean pathologist. Great. Well, harvest is pretty much wrapped up across the state. So now producers are thinking about seeds for next year. So we thought it would be a great time to connect with you and talk about some seed treatments to think about moving into the next growing season. So corn, there's not a lot of options or selections to be made, but if you want to talk a little bit about seed treatments in corn. Well, well, sure. And that's right. And so, you know, all of our commercially available corn comes pre-treated with usually a cocktail of different seed treatment fungicides. And those are going to be listed on the tag that's on each of your seed bags. And so if you're curious about that, just take a look at that. And often they're coded. And so you may have to flip it over to see what the code corresponds to. And if you look those up, you're going to find that they're going to cover a range of different modes of action and active ingredients, of course. And the intent is that those control a range of different types of fungal pathogens and fungal-like pathogens. And so the common seedling diseases in corn, like um, Pythium and Rhizoctonia and Fusarium, all three of those are very different from each other. They're apples and oranges different. And so it takes a, a pretty diverse combination of products to help protect against those. And so um, only options that we often get, you know, since those come pre-treated, we don't get options And what you get depends on which seed company you're affiliated with and which chemical company they are affiliated with or they produce themselves. The only option sometimes you may have is whether or not to include a seed treatment nematicide. And we have had positive benefits from some of those products and some of our testing. That's mainly been where we've documented high nematode pressure in corn. And of course, you also have, in addition to products that protect you against diseases, you also have options for your seed treatment insecticides. Great. Yes. And always remember those treated seeds to make sure you handle those just like a pesticide. So being careful and making sure you're protecting yourself that way too. All right. So I know there's more options when we move to soybeans. So do you want to talk a little bit about some of the seed treatment options we have for our soybeans? Sure. So we do have options and a number of them and more decisions that need to be made when you're thinking about soybean. And so um, I guess on last count, I heard about 50% of our soybean seed is treated. And so there's some circumstances where you can increase your chance of getting a return on that investment. And so, for instance, if you're trying to get across a large number of acres 
and you may be trying to plant earlier than normal and trying to push that. We know that, you know, soybean and corn germinate and emerge at temperatures of at least 50 degrees or more. And so if you're, uh, if you're someone, maybe you're planting right at 50 degrees, 52 degrees, but then we have a cold snap, you know, we have some cold weather right after that, and it may actually drop our soil temperature back a little bit. And that creates a lot of stress for these little seed in the, in the soil, because once you get below about 50 degrees, they can't germinate, but they will continue to absorb moisture. So if it's cold and wet, they'll continue to absorb that. And it's called cold imbibition. And cold weather in general is going to slow down that process. And it makes those seed vulnerable to any of a number of disease problems and others out there. And so the best case scenario for a seed is to plant it and that it germinates and pops up out of the ground as fast as possible. And seed treatment fungicides can help with that. And so um, a good bet would be using, using those products when you know some of your fields have a history of disease or where you know maybe they stay wet a little longer or if they're some of your earlier planted soybeans, I would certainly think about that. And now what to what to put on there? There, there are some options. And much like in our discussion about the diseases of corn, you have those same diseases that can affect soybean plus one more. And so uh, one of the most important seedling diseases of, of soybean is caused by Phytophthora root and stem rot. And both Phytophthora and Pythium are closely related, but Phytophthora tends to be uh, a little more difficult to control. So uh, you have to make your selections pretty carefully controlling Phytophthora and, and Pythium too. Products like Metal Axle and Mephanoxum, those active ingredients are some of our older chemistries. They work really well against Pythium. They work against Phytophthora too, but if you're using it for Phytophthora or a high pressure field, you're going to need the high rates of those products. And that's going to be important to know. The other part of that, too, is that we do have some newer chemistries that are available, uh, new products like Ethoboxum that has done a really good job controlling Phytophthora as well. And we've also got uh, another product from Group 49 that's called Lumicina that has good ratings for Phytophthora as well. And if you are trying to control Phytophthora, just remember, you've still got to select your seed in your varieties for resistance genes. And so um, we know that RPS 1C and 1K are not that effective anymore, at least against 70% of our Phytophthora. And so you might consider trying to find uh, varieties with RPS 3A if it's available and a high rating for field tolerance. And so we do have some options out there for Phytophthora. You, you'll also find much like on corn that there's a cocktail of different fungicides uh, that cover a broad range, a broad spectrum of active ingredients for a diversity of fungal diseases like those caused by Rhizoctonia or Fusarium, which can all be problems depending on the weather conditions and, and the location. And so you might need some good general products to cover those as well. And then finally, from the disease side, you also have seed treatment nematicides. And so seed treatment nematicides are gaining in popularity. And we have seen some benefits from those. But I want to remind everybody, it's not a substitute for good resistant soybean varieties for soybean cyst. And so make sure that you're selecting varieties 
with the right source of resistance. You know, we've got a lot of reproduction now on 88788. So if you can rotate to a product that may have Peking in the background, or even PI 89772, a newer, not well, not newer, it's just become recently available. And that'll help you get ahead of the reproduction for soybean cyst if we can keep rotating and not support adaptation of that nematode to our resistance. So those are just a, a few options for everybody to consider because I, I know it gets really confusing this time of year when you have that many things to consider. So please be sure and look back at your disease history in those fields and that'll help you make those decisions as well. I guess the final thing for seed treatments that I would think about would be if, if you've had sudden death syndrome in some of your fields, now is the time that you can also manage sudden death syndrome or SDS. And we have a couple of products, Alevo and Saltro, that are seed treatment fungicides that have been effective at reducing the leaf disease, at least caused by sudden death syndrome. And so uh, just remember, resistant varieties still outperform that. And so if you have severe SDS, then a seed treatment on top of it can help you manage that too. So gosh, Melissa, there's a lot of options out there to think about. Yeah, a ton. All right. Well, anything else that you want our listeners to know? If anyone has questions about any of these products and they want to see how well they work, I would check out one of our, you know, we call that book the EC130 or the Weed Guide, but we do have efficacy tables in there and product lists for fungicides, including seed treatments. And that's a good place to kind of compare things and the efficacy data in that weed guide from Nebraska Extension, but also online, you can also do that on the crop protection network and the efficacy tables on there are right there online and free. So if anyone needs help finding some of that and uh, has questions, please let me or Melissa or someone else in Nebraska Extension know. Yes. And we're at the local extension office. We can also help you look that up if you don't have a weed guide handy. And those are updated every year. So it is current information. It is, and I should call it by its full name, the Guide for Weed Disease and Insect Management in Nebraska. And we'll have our brand new 2022 edition out in January. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for your time today. And I hope everybody has a great holiday season. Thanks for featuring seed treatments on this podcast. Of course. Mm-hmm.